well refitted and anchored, ready to go. Hallelujah. So how about the second coming then? We said, we marked them. We marked them. We said that there must be the forerunners within the church age. So the church age, the forerunners. Karibu sana. Somebody give a seat, right? Even by, behind you, what it were, behind you, someone can sit, right? Behind you can put a seat to Mwishimiwa there. Very powerful. So, everybody focus on me now. We saw the hallmarks on the timeline of God. And we saw that all these things, even the rapture, is a very serious component of God's prophetic timeline towards the kingdom of God. Right? So the bigger picture is the kingdom of God. This is the countdown. And then we also saw very clearly that in fast forwarding, fast forward, that the rock comes and smashes the statue. All the kingdoms are brought down and Jesus wins. The kingdom of God is established. Right? So we saw that we must win. So once we see how this whole thing will end, then you stay put and refine your salvation. Right? Because at the end we win. I know it sounds bad. Mountains are flattened and what have you. But at the end we win, right? And that will teach you also to bring, draw more people to the winning side, right? Your children, your relatives, people in the streets, right? You tell them, no, these things are going to collapse. But now, among the demarcations there, like we said, the church age is one of them, and then we say the forerunners must appear announcing, I've seen the Messiah coming, prepare the way, and with power. And then we say it, if the church age had a beginning, it also has what? An end. The rapture of the church is now when the church age ends. So the rapture is one of the of those hallmarks in the prophetic timeline of God, right? And then after rapture, we enter the seven years. Jesus talks about them, right? Everybody talks about them. Severe. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. The 70th week of Daniel. Terrible. The Lord now, he cuts out the last bit of it. He says the abomination that causes desolation. And you've seen, as we're going to see even further, there is fleeing. Jerusalem has to run. They have to run away. Jerusalem falls. When you hear flee, meaning it falls to the enemy. Hallelujah. Serious stuff. And then after that, we saw there is the second coming. When the, we, we saw that already, right? In the first session. When now the Messiah comes, he puts his feet on the Mount of Olives. We're going to see it deeper. I want to open it deeper here for you. He comes. I've seen that vision. He steps on the Mount of Olives. And then once he has uh, stepped his feet there, an earthquake, a severe earthquake hits. The valley is formed. Of course, at that time, you know, what I need to understand later is the army that has gone and taken over Jerusalem and Israel has flown. They, they did flee. If you read Revelation 12 also, we'll see verse 6, they flee to a place prepared, right? In the wilderness. But what happened? Because at one point when the Messiah comes, it seems they have gone to recruit themselves and regroup together with the Antichrist. The beast now is again down there in Jezreel Valley, right? By, by the Megiddo, Megiddo Valley. They call it Megiddo. So I think the sense is coming and they flee. I need to know that part. You know, I always want to know those motifs that are silent in the Bible. So, he comes, they have taken Jerusalem, they have ransacked it, people have flee, they, they have run. But when he's coming, you hear that where they are in the valley of Megiddo, that's Jezreel Valley, right? And he prepares to battle them there. So I, I think I, so. So and then Revelation 14 comes in verses one and five when he's, you see him standing there with the hundred forty-four thousand who had marks so they were protected from the Antichrist, right? So th there is a gap there. So I think they remain in Jerusalem. The Antichrist is not able to touch them, the 144,000, but the beast flees because now he regroups an army. I think it's almost 100 million strong army. 100 million. 
was down there wanting now to fight Israel and to fight the Messiah. Hallelujah. That was fast forward. Can we go step by step? Mike, are you okay now so we can get started? Okay, thank you. So now, let's look at the second coming a little bit, right? Again, to give you perspective and understanding so that all your distances around the rapture are well covered, right? Are we still together, my son, Bishop Minor of Mao Summit? Very powerful. So number one, if the church age had a beginning, it also has an end. So can we try to run down? Just read, just read Nehari. Genesis chapter 2, 16 and 17. That is now God's exacting law. That's where everything started from now. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. That is serious. So that is now, everything is perfect. Adam and Eve are living in the first phase when they are righteous. They are holy. They are obedient. They fear God. They are walking with the Lord in the cool of the day. Qua, qua. Nothing is wrong. No disobedience. And then the Lord gives that exacting law. That however, don't touch this. For the day thou toucheth this, you are done, finished. You must die. And when they touched, for sure they died, right? Death came. So that is where it began from. And then Genesis, just keep up now because of time. Just be standing. The time is really running very bad. Genesis 3, 1 and 7. Hallelujah. I'm simply hinting for you. I'm trying to map for you where the church age began from. You will see the pointing to the church age. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the woman and the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and, and a tree to be desired, to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So that is the fall. And then, Genesis 3, 14, 19, the consequence. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cast above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and, and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Verse 19. Unto dust. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it was thou taken, for dust thou art, and dust shalt thou return. Death has come. Genesis 3, 23, 24, the door is shut. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and placed at the east side of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. To guard them from the presence of God. Genesis 3, 8, 10. Now the extending of the hand of grace. I'll yield into the grace right there. 
and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. Okay, so King James says voice. Yes, my Lord. That's amazing. The other version said the sound of the footsteps. Continue. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? God looking for his fallen children. That, because he could have said, let's forget about this. Let's create afresh. But extension of grace, right? Where are you? He could see them, but he wants to get them back, right? And then Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Very powerful. That is now the cross, alluding to the cross. Genesis 3.21, the covering by the blood. Unto Adam also, unto his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. Very powerful. The first death since creation was to cover mankind. And then Genesis 22:13, the substitute death has come into place. We don't have much time now. The substitute death. If you run through it. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering instead of his son. And then Genesis 28, 10, 12, the letter of Jacob. And then uh, we go to Matthew, Matthew 27, 50, 51, the cut and raptures. Hallelujah. And then Acts chapter 2, 1 and 20. The church age now begins. The Holy Spirit has come, right? Which Acts chapter 2 from verse 1 onwards, really. And then the Holy Spirit comes. And then you have Revelation chapters 2 and 3. Hallelujah. And then you have Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 to 10. The door is open. Revelation chapter 4, 1 and 2. The door is now open into heaven. And then First Thessalonians 16-17, rapture of the church now. And then after that, the tribulation. So this is, uh, it says, the church age comes to an end. Hallelujah. The church age which had a beginning must therefore also come to an end. And then, the tribulation also, having a beginning must, come to an end. We remember too well that Christ broke the seals and began the tribulation, right? Instructed it, right? Now, the end of the tribulation also is Christ. Now, that is when he comes back. He comes back in the second coming, to conclude the tribulation, to bring it to an end. So Jesus is at the center of everything. Hallelujah. It is not a joke. He is at the center of everything that will happen, even happening now. So can we look at some characteristics of it, of his second coming, when he comes to stop it? Are you ready to read? Matthew 24, 27 to 31 reveals that the Messiah returns to bring an end to the tribulation. Matthew chapter 24, verses 27 to 31. Just enjoy it. Hallelujah, Kobe. It's good to see you today. Please, just continue. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so also the coming of the Son of Man be. For he's saying that now for the second coming, one of the main features is that as the lightning that comes from the east is seen in the west, so is the coming of the Messiah. Everybody must now see him. 
publicly and visibly. Hallelujah. We're just touching a few features here that you may be fully educated on these matters, right? But now, when Jesus comes to stop, the, so we said the second coming is intended for him to come and stop the tribulation. And you'll see how he does it. But when he's coming, he says, this time around, as the lightning that is seen, that comes from the east, is seen where? In the west. So will everybody see that the Messiah is coming. And thank you. But then, thank you for clapping. Very good. But then there is also wailing and mourning for some people. I want to handle that, right? Hallelujah. Serious. Just read it. Matthew 24, 27, 31 again. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Very serious. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Why are they mourning? Why are the tribes mourning? They had an opportunity to receive him. All along, when he said who exactly he is, the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Savior, the King of Glory, all the things he said he is, they never believed. And then now, when he's coming, they mourn. Why are they mourning? They are now regretting. And that's why the Lord is saying that at this time, all people that never believed, unbelief is finished. Let me explain that. All people that never believed in Christ, that unbelief is finished. Because all of a sudden you say, wow, you are in trouble. You had an opportunity to believe and receive him and you squandered it. So be careful then. Because you can believe now and receive him, right? So that you may, first of all, not be in the number, but then, of course, now these are people within the great tribulation. Now they see him coming and they are still on the other side. Hallelujah. And he's saying, either you believe him now before it's too late, or you will mourn that day. That would be serious, right? Because now he's coming to judge the rebellious, to strike them down. So we've seen that the second coming has the following features. Number one, he's coming to bring an end to the tribulation, but even most importantly, it will be public. Number two, it will be so public, visibly public, like the lightning from the east is seen in the west, and everybody will see him. But then inside there, there will be a lot of regret and mourning for those who did not believe Jesus. Hallelujah. Take him now. While the time is still there, right? So, the mourning is because of regret, those who are writing, for not believing in him. Since he is now coming with his judgment and is coming as a triumphant king. So what will matter today 
is that you believe him before it is too late. Those of you tuned in at home across the nations, maybe you're driving and listening. It's time to believe in Jesus and receive him. Another feature is that the saints will come back with him. And that is some people who have real names. I can look at them here. They have faces that I know. And some of them are global. Some of them are tuned in in Australia, New Zealand, Perth, Australia, Adelaide, Melbourne, Canberra. I don't want to forget Canberra. They are in Papua New Guinea, everywhere, right? They are real names, real people with real faces you can recognize. They are coming back with him. So, Revelation chapter 19, can we read 11 to 14? I wish we had time. Time is running out. And I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Verse 14. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Very powerful. And then so, he comes back with the saints. Those that believed him and went up into rapture, they did say, oh, this, I'm still going to my church. The cloud has come. This is Yahweh. And you still want to go worship elsewhere? It's like, no, I don't accept that God. I'm going to accept another. That, 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 that is deadly, right? You said that's the thing that nobody should ever do in this life. They will be done, eh? Because it is unforgivable to try to ignore the Lord. That is serious. Hallelujah. And so he comes back with the blessed saints. Hallelujah. The rapture saints. So we are simply touching here and there that you may be literate. You may be educated, informed, enlightened on these things. So that tomorrow when we begin to nail down the rapture of the church, you know all the events that surround it in context, in terms, in terms of the timeline towards the kingdom of God. What is the importance of the rapture vis-a-vis second coming or which one? Church age and so forth, right? This will really make you rounded up. So we have seen that he comes in the second coming to stop the tribulation. You are going to see how he does it in front of us here. When at a song Ambele says that I shake you, you arrest them now. I'm going to come to that. The Antichrist and so forth. So this is seriousness of people. The matters of God are of gravity. Because they define eternity. And if the darling of heaven, the king of glory himself came and died, that is very serious. Hallelujah. So, he comes, the second coming, one of the main features is that he's coming to stop the tribulation. And then another feature we saw very clearly, that it will be public. All people will see him. And the third one, we said there will be mourning and regrets. Right? For those that did not believe him. All of a sudden you will find out that everything he ever said about himself are true. Wow. That is serious. And the fourth one is that he is coming back with the blessed saints. Hallelujah. So, Revelation 19, 11, 14, you have read, verse 14 is coming with them, dressed in finest linen, bright and clean, which they are preparing right now. Matthew 24, 31, still coming back with the raptured saints. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heaven to the other. Zechariah 14, 5. And 
Zechariah 14:5. And ye shall flee to the valleys of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azal. Yeah, ye shall flee, like as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. And so, this is serious, blessed people. And so, within the coming itself, he must come and put his feet on the Mount of Olives. And a massive earthquake takes place. So, can we look at the finer details of the events now? They're all out there. And there is a battle you've heard about also, right? Let's look at the actions when he comes. Hallelujah. Number one, we saw that Jesus returns to the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem in fulfillment of which prophecy? Acts chapter 1. Do you remember verses 9 and 12? Ye men of Galilee, why do you keep gazing up here like this? Know ye not that the same Jesus who has been taken away from you in like manner, so shall he return? Read the book of Acts chapter 1, blessed people. 9 and 12. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. And then Zechariah 14, 3 and 4 now, he comes back to fulfill that. I have seen that vision. Tremendous. Hallelujah. So there is so much work we have. I need to clear all this to give you perspective and then tomorrow go straight to the rapture. Begin one by one. Serious stuff, blessed people. You must know this. And we can only do that here because outside when we're doing conferences, we don't have much time. There are healing services and the time is short. Just announce and a few scriptures, do the healing service, take the next flight and so forth. Very busy. But here we can open up, right? Hallelujah. So, are you reading Zechariah 14, 3 and 4? Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of... Okay, so I, I think you need to begin from uh, Zechariah 14, 1 towards 4. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the house is refilled. So that's amazing. We're going to see that a little further. He's saying Jerusalem will fall. Can you imagine? Will be taken. There will be a battle, and then they will take Jerusalem. Can you imagine that on your news? That finally Jerusalem has been taken. Wow. That is bad. So that will be a difficult time, right? And you know they have nuclear weapons. I think they have chemical and biological also. But then it will fall. So can you imagine the battle? So these things you see in your news now, they are not a joke. He's saying it will fall. I, I, I rejecting God. That is serious. It will fall. Read it again. He said, it will fall. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken. The city shall be taken. Can you imagine waking up one morning hearing that Jerusalem was taken? You cannot stand it, right? But there is a purpose at the end. Okay? Continue. The city shall be taken, and the houses refilled, and the women ravished, and half of the city the shall... The version said the women raped. So it's very serious. It's a very serious thing. Very serious. You see what the Hamas did, right? It's unbelievable. They're not even able to return others. 
I think for fear that they will narrate, right? Aye. Yeah. What you see playing out in your news is not a joke. It's a pointer. Do you now understand me? It's very severe. Continue. And half of the city shall go into captivity. That is the fleeing I talked about. They will run to a mountain. Continue. And the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations. Okay, so let's move on now. So, the first thing at his return is that he's coming to the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. Right? The Mount of Olives, that is going to be south, south of Israel, right? South towards Jerusalem. Judah was south, right? Make sure you have your perspective right, right? Hallelujah. I think Megiddo may be a little bit north, but he is coming to the Mount of Olives to step his feet there, and then there will be an earthquake. A massive earthquake. But there is an army. Let's go step by step. Number two, when he comes, he also comes to liberate Israel, save Israel. Save Israel from where? From Bozrah. He comes to save Israel from Bozrah. That is serious. Isaiah 63, 1 and 5. Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Bozrah? This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Mighty to save. Okay, so then they ask him, why is your garment red? So, I think if you are to arrange it well for your notes, he would have to come back to the Mount of Olives first, that vision the Lord showed me. And then after coming back to the Mount of Olives, then he goes and does battle. Defeat the Antichrist and the rest. After that, number three, to go save Israel from Bozrah. Am I, is it heavy on you? Okay, yeah, you need to know this. You must know this. So when we handle the rapture, you understand, right? Coming to the Mount of Olives, going to defeat the Antichrist and the army, you know, there's a big army there, probably a hundred million. The number is big. After that, they'll cross over to Bozrah and now save Israel from where they were hiding. Are we together? So let's go step by step. We have seen Jesus returns to the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. And the scripture is the prophecy, Acts chapter 1, 9 and 10. Remember the two dressed in white say, please don't worry, he comes back in the same way as he has been taken. And then he comes during that second coming. He comes to, uh, to fight, to defeat the Antichrist and his armies, affiliates. Revelation 16, 16, read it first. Revelation 16, 16. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his and so. Th that is the place. And then Revelation 19, 19 to 21, that defeating of the Antichrist and his team. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet was that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire. Again, repeat to them, repeat to them who is captured and thrown. 
and the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. If you move on to 21, continue rather until 21, I think the birds come, continue. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the remnant was slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. So you see that now. So that is serious. So those are the characteristics of the coming, the second coming, coming on the Mount of Olives, and then he goes to defeat the Antichrist, and then let him go now and rescue Israel. I think that is where the blood will go up to the horse's bridle. Do you remember when you read Revelation 14? This is now where the blood goes up to the horse's bridle. That's a lot of blood, right? He is a mighty warrior. Hallelujah. He is a serious king. Yes, so he destroys the enemies. It's unbelievable what happens there, right? And then we now see Revelation, I mean Isaiah 63, 1 and 5, when he goes now to bring them from Bozrah. And that is going to be one third, right? That is one third that survives. You remember Zechariah chapter 13, verses 7 and 9? Only one third survives. And then one third he passes through fire. But in, let's read, let's read further and finish this. We need to take a short break and come back after this. Please bear with me that we may finish today. Am I hurting somebody by staying late? Please just help me so we finish this so that tomorrow we handle the rapture of the church. Hallelujah. So, so just handle that. Uh, Isaiah 6, 3, 1 and 5 real quick. Who is this that cometh from Adam with dyed garments from Bozrah? This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. In the might of his victory. Move on. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. He said, I am the Savior. For me, continue. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel? Why are your clothes crimson and red? And thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine, in the wine fat. I have trodden the wine press alone. alone. And of the people there was none with me. For I will treat them in mine anger, and trample them in my fury, and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will, stay, I will stain all my raiment. For the day of vengeance is in mine heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. And I looked, and there was none to help, and I wondered that, that there was Very none powerful. So when he goes, they see him. That means he has done the work. When he goes to remove them from there, he has finished the work. So the blood has spattered on his garment. That is the vision when he appeared in the sky. Remember he had the golden sash, the golden crown, and then the red rope that runs diagonally here. I say that is not his blood. That is not the judge coming. The same Jesus you love coming as a judge. To judge the rebellion and sin, right? Very serious stuff, blessed people. And so Joel chapter 319, real quick under that, still saving them from Bozrah. Egypt shall be a desolation, and Edom shall be a desolate wilderness, for the violence against the children of Judah, because they have shed innocent blood in their land. Serious, blessed people. And then uh, he comes also to bind Satan. Revelation 21 and 4. And then reign for a thousand years. I can put those together. He sends an angel to capture him. Revelation 21 and 4. And I saw an angel come down from heaven. Holding what? Having the keys of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon... That old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. Why, why for heaven's sake, why would you release him again, right? When 
many have disturbed so much, right? Okay, so let's see the following. Now you're ready to read. Sit down for a moment. So now, before we take a short break, so in all this until now, what is God saying to you? What is the Lord saying to you? He's saying, number one, Jesus must always win. So it is beneficial to receive Jesus and walk with him faithfully. Are we together now? Because you see, finally he wins. He crushes them all. And so, Jesus must always win and emerge as victorious, triumphant, whichever way you want to put it. And so, John chapter 16, 33. So if Jesus must always win, what does that mean? Okay, I'll let him first read the scripture. John 16, 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Very powerful. Joshua 1 and 9. Joshua 1 9. Thank you, my son, for reading the Bible. Very powerful. Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Very powerful. The book of Psalm 118, verse 6. Then I'll summarize it for you. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can men do unto me? Very powerful. Isaiah 41 verse 10. I'm just summarizing what we've seen until now. What is the message to you? Because, you know, we've talked about things to happen in the great tribulation, after the tribulation and what. And how about the here and now? How does that now translate into now? This is what we're reading now. But Jesus must always win. Number one. Number two, it's always beneficial to walk faithfully with Jesus. Number three, he's saying, which I'm going to say after he finishes them all. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Isaiah 41.10, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yeah. I will help thee, yeah. I will uphold thee with my right hand of my right hand. Very powerful. Psalm 34, 19. I really want to finish. So we'll take a short break and come back. Psalm 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him from them all. And then finally, Romans 8, 37. Romans 8, 37. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So in other words, what has come out is that Jesus is triumphant at the end. And that Jesus is mighty. He is mighty, mighty, mighty. Because you can imagine he crushed he crushes all of them, the Antichrist, the false prophet involved in that time. He gets, the, the, he gets also Satan and he gets him and locks him up. And he kills the affiliates. He kills the, no, that's a hundred million army. A hundred million strong army. And the blood reaches the horses breeder. And so the Lord is saying that why this panic all the time as though Jesus cannot manage in your particular life? So in other words, he's saying, greater is he that he is in you than Satan that is out there. So that is how you move with Jesus now. You know that he is mighty. He is able to deliver victory. Before we take a short break, right? And so, you walk with him faithfully, knowing that he is capable of delivering. He will deliver you. Because if you look at the present day church, this is a very, very important message to summarize all that we have seen, the tribulation, the everything, and then the culmination, and the final battle, the Armageddon, and then finally crosses over into Bosra. Bosra is in a place called Petra. 
That's like, uh, I don't know, southern part of Jordan, I think. Petra, many tourists go there. I have not gone there myself. I did not go there. You know, the seven years there, I did not go to Petra. But a lot of people go to Petra. Because it's known that that's where they will hide. That's where the Lord will hide them. I think there was a kingdom of Petra even before in that place. So there are some monuments still remaining there. So in that days, that is called Petra, Bozra. And so, in this age, the way the Christians are working with Jesus, it's as though Jesus is not capable of delivering them. When something comes up, they want to quit salvation. They want to quit Jesus. They want to walk away on him. And yet what has come out here is that the Lord Jesus must always win at the end. He must win. He, he, that is a guarantee that he will deliver you. He must win. You can count on that, that Jesus must emerge victorious. And that is the unchangeable truth. And he's saying, therefore, if you know that, then just walk faithfully. If any trials and tribulation come, tribulation as, tribulations as enduring Christian life here, not the great tribulation, okay? If any trials come, then honorably face it. Face it with honor and faith. Not lament and regret, although you are talking as though you want to abandon God. Not that. So, essentially, he's made us understand that if Jesus can encounter such a massive big problem and bring it down, how about the small problem in you? That is nothing. Absolutely nothing to him, right? And so, First John chapter, chapter 4, verse 4, real quick, we need to finish. First John chapter 4, verse 4. Greater is he who is in you, in you than mm -hmm, in us than whoever is out there. Mm -hmm. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And then Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Second Corinthians 4, 4. That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Then Second Corinthians 4, 4. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of the Him that is in the world is Satan. Read it. In whom the God of this age has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. First Corinthians 10.13. We don't have time. First Corinthians 10.13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such that is common to men. Read, read, read NIV for them to understand clearly, so we don't want to confuse them a bit. That's, I want them to catch that very well. But never has he presented temptation to you, but I can also read it, if not. Thank you. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Let us clap for him. That's very powerful. Hallelujah. And then he's saying, and then he's saying, so that was 1 Corinthians 10, 13. That, that was 10, 13. Okay, thank you. So, second, first, I don't have time. First, Samuel, two, two. I need to finish up with you because we take a short break and come back. Tonight, we must finish everything again. Oh, there's so much ahead of us here. We'll just hold it there. Please. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none besides thee, neither is there any rock like our God. That is very powerful. So, once we have the Lord, that God... We can be rest assured of deliverance. That there is nothing greater than him. Revelation 4.8. Revelation 4.8. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within. And, the, and, the, and they raced not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Continue. And when those beasts give glory and honor... Okay, thank you. Revelation 2010. And the devil...
received them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Finished finally over there, right? And then now, uh, so you see very clearly that the Lord saying, if Jesus can overcome surmount that tremendous army, maybe a hundred million. I think Chinese army may be inside there. The way China is against Christianity, right? I don't know, but say it's a conglomerate. Because the Confederacy, you can see Iran is here, you can see Turkey building up on this side. You can almost see if you watch your news properly. And so you see Turkey buying S-400 uh, anti-aircraft missiles and yes, a member of NATO, so it gets confused if they get closer now to Russia. And of course there is that formation with Iran on this other side. And uh, there's so much. You see that now. And so even the battle now, they say they want to finish with Gaza. Israel wants to finish with Gaza. And they say we will not allow an enemy called Hezbollah to be on our other border there, the northern border. So which means they want to, embark, to finish this battle and then start the other one. And they say the other one, they, want, they, they will bring Lebanon to 1913. They said they would do a thing that the world would be shocked because of the existential threat. So you can tell that this is going to have a monumental eternal impact. So it's going to cause a formation. A formation. You can tell. Right? So, um, so, so you see very clearly the Lord also saying that it is a grave thing to reject Jesus. Hallelujah. Because he crushes all of them in the valley of Jezreel. That's where Megiddo is, right? Matthew 23, 37 to 39. As we go for a short break now. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, for I say unto you, ye shall, ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He closed their vision. Why? Because you did not recognize the hour of God's coming to you. The cloud came to Kisumu and you fooled around. You did not come to the Lord. You said, oh, I'm still going to worship in another place. And the Lord took it as contempt, condescendence. You gave him no consideration when he has vacated his throne to come to you. And you did. he gave you such a high consideration to do that. Where he receives worship from all over the universe. And he vacated to come to you. And then, giving you such a high consideration, then you did not give him the slightest of consideration. It's, I think, almost unforgivable, right? It's unforgivable. So the grave danger of rejecting Christ is right there. He says, when the prophets come and speak to you, hear them. Listen very well and obey. And he's warning Hebrews 6, 4 to 6. Real quick, really. For it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who are shared in the Holy Spirit, if they fall away, it is impossible to be brought back to repentance. Because to their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God on offer again and subjecting him to public shame, public disgrace. Don't fool around with your salvation. You'll end up in the fate. Read Hebrews 10, 26, 31. You'll end up in the fate of the enemies of God. For if we sin willfully, after we have... If received, we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no more sacrifice for sin is left for us, but only a fearful expectation of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. You enter into the group called the enemies of God and raging fire. Thank you. And so, First John 2.19, as we finish up with this. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would, they would no doubt have continued with us. 
that they went out that they might be able to manifest that they were not all Thank of you. us. Very serious, blessed people. We'll take a short break again. But now you understand very well that this is serious, right? He comes and he does monumental battle. And before, I mean, right after the, before the tribulation, you have that small window to receive Christ, receive him well. After the rapture, after the rapture, you plunge into the unbelievable. At one point you saw the Lord flatters the whole earth. Mountains and buildings. Why is he doing that? He is still looking for the souls of men not to go to hell. That they may repent. Hallelujah. And so, and then Jesus wins at the end. So the Lord is saying that the problems you have are so small to him, he can surmount them. Just believe in him. Have faith in Jesus. We are coming back. And then I'll look at now the differences between the second coming and the rapture. And then that sets a good stage for us to enter the rapture of the church tomorrow. The Lord bless you. Tadah shalom. Uh, we are coming back wherever you're tuned in globally. We are coming back, blessed people. And you be led to Jesus when we come back. Just hang in there in your living rooms globally, wherever you are. We are coming back. The Lord loves you. The Messiah is coming. Thank you. I thought because it's running later, it's only fair I release you. And then tomorrow we'll see you again, right? In the mighty name of Jesus. So once I put live on air, I'm going to lead it with the Lord here. Yes, thank you. So let us just receive the Lord because I found out, again, in a short summary, I found out everybody on your feet now. If you can be on your feet, that would be very powerful. Yeah, we have now seen very clearly the Lord saying that Jesus is mighty, mighty, mighty. Hallelujah. We have seen the Lord saying that your problems are nothing. Really nothing compared to the monuments he brings down. And so, once we realize that the Lord, number one, must always win, then we simply now take his side. So that we can also emerge winners, right? So that is the message that has been transmitted. We take the Lord's side so that we can win with him together. And number two, we have seen the deadliness of sin. That at the end they are totally crushed. Sin and rebellion. Too deadly. That's what you saw, right? And then we have seen the fact that the eternal kingdom of God will last forever. So it is worthy. I don't want to use the word profitable, but it's the right thing to do. To take the kingdom of God more seriously now. And be born again much more seriously. And so, let me, those who want to receive the Lord globally, repeat after me, say, Mighty Lord Jesus, I have heard that the glorious kingdom of God will last forever. And I have heard about the might of Jesus, that he is the mightiest, mightiest, mightiest Savior. And so today I choose Jesus. And I join the winning team. And I receive you, my Lord Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. Please forgive my sin and establish righteousness in me. And sensitize me on the glorious coming of the Messiah. In the mighty name of Jesus. I'm born again. Amen. So I bless you all in the mighty name of Jesus. I bless you all in the mighty name of Jesus. I bless you with safety. I bless you with eternity in the glorious kingdom of God Almighty. I'm blessing you with good health and provision and protection. And I, I cover you totally with your vehicles and transport systems. I cover your front, the back of your vehicle, the sides of your vehicle, under the vehicle, above the vehicle, with the glorious blood of Jesus and the cloud of God Almighty, that you may all arrive home safe and that the testimony may be preserved. I'll see you tomorrow in the mighty name of Jesus, so shall be amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, indeed.
So just go slowly, blessed people. Just go slowly. For the guests, we are going to bring to your hotel what we have ordered for you because I thought I was going to extend as it comes. But don't worry, it will follow you to your hotels. I know you have good meals there, but we wanted also to host you. If you can allow us, really. Yeah, I know you can eat those meals. Just eat them, the ones that are there. But eat ours also, please. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. 